1: The 259th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now.
0: This is the Four Corners Podcast.
1: I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina.
0: We win 54-53 North Carolina. 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! you the way to Worthy! Worthy 5! The Star Heels
1: are going to win the national championship! Weber frontcourt. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. they out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical
0: foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. Front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebound. It's made. It's over! 72 and how about them Tar Heels they are the national champion
1: I've been the luckiest coach in the world
0: pump fake for three too strong on the shot that's
1: it the Tar Heels are the national gaggum champion
0: Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years and the way that we will play will be the Carolina way
1: my love for North Carolina I mean I love this school I love these fans and I love everything about it and I would I would die for this school I really would
0: here are your hosts Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony here with you guys once again today and uh just like that another basketball season uh is 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 right around the corner in Chapel Hill. Um and another just sign of that was that the program held its annual live action event On Friday afternoon, we got to see the team scrimmage one another. Um, The white team took down the blue team in a a thrilling 46-44 scrimmage, which saw uh, two 12-minute periods uh, divided up um, by by, by starters for both the blue team and the white team, Um, and our, our first chance to see a lot of new faces, as Carolina brought in a hall of transfers uh our first chance to see two promising freshmen that we knew one that was going to uh have a big role this year, one that many people didn't think would have a big role going into the year, but maybe ch- you know changed your op- maybe change that opinion after the way that he played on Friday night, and so before we get into um, the the actual recap of the actual scrimmage itself, I want to bring in my my co-host here who uh, was on duty, was bunkered down at his house on Friday night, uh, taking the event in full. This is an event that uh, we've gone to in the past when it was late night with Roy Williams, mm-hmm. and then we've, we've been there when, it, it, when it, it became live action with Hubert Davis. I know you weren't in person the other night, but having been in the Smith Center before, how did this year's event compare or contrast to what we've seen in years past? Well, yeah. Well, I believe now
0: it is actually called live action with Carolina basketball, I think. I could be wrong though, but it might be. But, um, I I mean I don't know. It, it, to me, it's it's, and I saw I saw uh, a guy on social media that probably a lot of people in the fan base know. Um, a, a guy who uh, goes by Young Simba on social media, uh, who's very active. I believe he was there the other night, um, and he brought up a really great point. I think that this event it it it's changed a little bit it's now and and look the scrimmage is the thing that we were all there for but now it's basically just an open practice uh for both sides it has become an event where you literally just introduce each team they go out they scrimmage and then you introduce the other team they go out and scrimmage and that's your night um I, I I'm not a huge fan of it, to be honest with you. Uh I, I like the fact that it you it used to be you, you got to see more the personality of the players. Um and, and look, I don't know, maybe behind the scenes the players didn't like doing that year in and year out. I think there's certain squads that have probably fit better than others, but it was always really cool, especially when you had guys like Theo Pinson, Kennedy Meeks, um, somebody that was, you know, as into being a part of what his team was doing as Roy Williams. Um, and maybe that was, you know, something that Roy just really enjoyed. And maybe that's something that Hubert is, is not into. I don't really know. To me, that doesn't seem like that would be the case. It seems like Hubert would be somebody that would be up for that but for some reason they've changed the format of how they do things and i think honestly it's kind of hurt the event for fans i think it's uh, it it is actually probably taken away from the enjoyment of the fan base I, I i'd like to see you know them you know sort of survey the fan base at some point and maybe we'll have to do that ourselves and see what people's thoughts are about uh, the way that it's run right now but to me, I used to have more fun when we went back in the day when guys would come out and do the skits, when guys would come out and do the dances and all that kind of stuff. They would have the different competitions that they would do. They didn't even do those this year. They they used to have where they would have the three-point competitions with with the men's and women's teams mixing together. This year, they didn't even do that. So. It's, it's interesting. We'll have to watch it and see, you know, moving forward if it stays this way. But I hope they kind of get back to doing some of those fun things that they've done in the past.
1: Well, I think one of the things that's really hurt the event has been the, the, the move up date to practice where, you know, by the time that the team takes the court for the late night or live action event, whatever you want to call it, they've been on the court for, for three for three weeks at least and so you know adam lucas has already given you two kind of in-depth practice breakdowns of of what he's seeing while being on the court or while he's been at, at practice whereas in years past you know october 15th was the start date and that's when you know you would finally see the team um and it would start at midnight so there was a lot more excitement a lot more build up whereas now and they start practicing in late you know September they they go on the court uh, in the middle of October um and like you mentioned them getting away from doing some some of the the skits and stuff i think it's a direct reflection of why attendance has gone down over the years you can't help but notice uh when you turn it on if you if you stream the event that it's it's not as filled as it as it used to be because Frankly, it's not as fun. And yes, we're all there to to see the scrimmage because we want to see kind of what the, what the team has the potential to look like. But you're also there to see the guys, you know, do some stuff they're not comfortable doing, whether it's dancing or singing, or or, or doing some sort of skit or one or, or something like that. And, um, you know, not that I think it's hurt recruiting, but it used to be a big recruiting thing for Carolina basketball where you, you would bring a bunch of recruits in. There were some recruits there the other night, but, um, you know, in, in an event that could really showcase you what the program can be on and off the court, it definitely this year didn't live up to par as to what we've seen in years past. Now let's move on to to what we're, what we're really – Uh, excited for and that was the actual scrimmage and that was the actual play of the players on the actual court the other night as I mentioned uh, earlier the white team beat the blue team 46-44 to Armando Vacot uh, had a chance to, I guess, tie the game with a couple looks at the rim, but was unable to do so. The blue team was consisted of starters uh, Elliot Cadeau, Creighton Lebo, Jalen Withers, Paxson Wojcik, and Armando Baycott, whereas the white team was R.J. Davis, Cormac Ryan, Harrison Ingram, Zayden High, and Jalen Washington. Didn't want to note that Seth Trimble uh, did not play the other night. He was nursing an ankle injury, uh, and so he set out the uh, live-action event. Not really a in-depth box score that you could find from the other night. Something else that has kind of gone downhill in years past where you would see a box score made present to you. That, as far as my knowledge, wasn't available. Um, but there there were some numbers that did trickle out. Uh, your points leader that night was Elliot Cadeau. He led the way with 16. Your rebounding leaders were both Zayden High and Armando Baycott. They both grabbed seven. Paxson Wojcik was the assist leader. I believe he had four. Uh, your block leader was Jalen Withers, who had two. And Zayden High led the way uh, from a steel's per- uh, a steel perspective, he also had to. So, when getting into the takeaways for the event, um, I'll first I'll reference a tweet that Brendan Marks uh, put out there, and that was that the secondary break is back, um, which is something that Huber Davis has scrapped in both his first two years. And the first year, it was hard to argue with the result when you got to the national championship game last year it was a really hard thing to to really justify given the offensive struggles uh that Carolina experienced a year ago and also just the the pace was better there and he mentioned that in his press conference and media day the, the week prior that Carolina was going to get back t- uh to running the, the 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 ball and you saw that there was just a better sense of awareness a higher sense of urgency to get the ball up and down the court in a, in a manner that, uh, as you guys know, will make me very, very happy. I think the first thing that you got to look at is notice that a big part of Carolina's success, or lack thereof, uh, is no longer on the team. And that was Caleb Love. And this was our first time to really see... R.J. Davis in extensive minutes without his former backcourt mate who is going to be playing out uh, in Arizona this upcoming year. We know R.J. has got to, you know, work around learning how to play with Elliott Cadeau, Cormac Ryan. He's played with Seth Trimble. Even Paxson Wojcik will factor into the backcourt at times as the season moves along. What did you make of the way you you first saw R.J. Davis without a guy that he experienced so much success with over the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, you know, the one area that I said that I think he probably needs to work on a little bit just based off of what we saw the other night uh, was free throw shooting. He did not have a great night uh, from the line. But I thought overall, you know, he did a really good job. This was really... A test of how would he control the offense? What would he he be able to do, especially controlling the pace? Because we knew that Elliot Cadeau was going to be able to control the pace. That wasn't going to be an issue because he did it in high school. He did it on the on the uh, AAU circuit. So we knew that he was going to be picking things up. But with what you said, Hubert Davis said in the offseason, look, we want to move faster is R.J. Davis the guy that could do that? Because if you look back, the reason why Carolina's offense hasn't moved nearly as fast since Kobe White was there is really because the point guards that Carolina has had have not really fit the running style that Carolina is used to. They're guys that want to play in the half court. And I think R.J. Davis showed that he can be that guy that – can allow Carolina to pick up the pace and move the ball up and down the court. I thought he looked really good the other night. You know, I thought you saw some moments from him where he he was able to take over. Like we saw him do last year down the stretch of games. Um, I I think he looked like a leader out there on the floor and that's ultimately what Carolina is looking for. Um, Was it, you know, the best shooting night that you're going to see from him? no, but it's that's not something I'm really worried about with him because I think once we get in season, he'll be perfectly fine. I wanted to see what it would be like for him out there on the floor being really the primary floor general for Carolina. And I thought it looked really, really good and has me encouraged for what it will look like when this team steps on the floor to begin the season against Radford.
1: Yeah, no. I, I was very encouraged by the way that I saw him without a guy that he played the last three years with and, you know, they they had a they had a lot of success with, you know, making it all the way to a national championship game, but they also didn't have a lot of success. Um and the guy that he's got to learn to play with is Elliot Cadeau. And let's let's transition to him because I think that's the guy that uh, even with 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 the 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 type of talent Carolina brought in from the transfer portal, uh, he's the guy that we all wanted to see because we wanted to see just how legitimate uh, is the is a kid that is should have been, you know, or should be playing high school basketball this upcoming season. And you guys have heard me talk about it all all off season that. It takes a lot to make me drool over a, a, a senior in high school, um, but everything I had seen coming out made me drool. The stuff that we saw. Please, in the summer. please phrase that differently. Moving forward, we do not oh. need this podcast shut down. It's not going to get shut down. I mean, I, I salivate over seeing good quality basketball. Um, what th- whatever it is, whatever he's him means, uh, Cadeau fits the mold of, of every, you know, moniker cliche that, that currently exists in the sports world because the kids legit, I mean, the, 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 after the, his team won the opening tip, he gets right to the 16, 18 foot shot, takes it and makes it. And you could just tell. No, it wasn't a live crowd. It, it wasn't a game that counted. But he wasn't. He wasn't afraid to play in front of the uh, in, in front of in front of people. And that's a, a big part of what this is. Is getting new guys acclimated to playing in front of fans. And and so that 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 happened the other night. You look at his back to back threes in the last minute or so of the game. Just to have the the confidence to to, to shoot those types of shots says a lot. And then the thing that stands out is, is is the passing and the ability to get the ball up the floor either with the dribble or, or with the pass. And that's why I think Carolina is going to run so much better this year and why Hubert Davis can, can say as confidently as, as he said in his press conference, we're going to get back to running because you got a guy that can advance the ball up in a lot of different ways. We compare him a lot to Kendall Marshall. The guys on the broadcast the other night compared him to Ed Cota. Those aren't two bad people to be compared with. And you just see a guy that um, is going to make an immediate impact, something that we don't see a lot of uh, here at Carolina as freshmen, really since Kobe White. Like, R.J. Davis and Caleb Love played a lot as freshmen – but they didn't have as big an impact on a team like Kobe White did, like Kendall Marshall did, as he eventually would help lead Carolina to an ACC regular season title and a berth in the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. When you look at the potential that this Carolina team has, and why there's a lot of optimism that they're they're, they're going to bounce back from last year's disappointment, he's a big reason why. I think everything that was said about him was validated in, in those 24 minutes. The other night during the blue-white scrimmage.
0: Yeah, he was phenomenal. Um, To me, that was the best player on the floor the entire night. And look, that is saying a lot, considering that you had Armando Baycott out there, who I thought played well, especially early in the game. Um, You had R.J. Davis out there, who we just talked about. But this kid just completely took over, especially late in the game. You mentioned the two threes that he had. How about the play right before that, where he goes through def- a couple of defenders and then in the air, up and under, uh, does I mean, not an up and under, but he has to like adjust his body and finds a way in midair to adjust and make a, a just an athletic lay in. I mean, this kid is the real deal. If they, if anybody had questions about it, still, you shouldn't after watching that scrimmage. <laughs> And like you said, it wasn't a live crowd, or it was a live crowd, but it wasn't a game. It wasn't even, you know, uh, against another team yet. But I would be stunned if this does not translate into the regular season. I I mean, you you just saw everything that you wanted to see from him. You saw a guy that plays with an aggressive, but not, not, not too aggressive mindset. Like a guy that... He's a guy that plays with a lot more confidence than we saw from Caleb Love in at, at times in his career at Carolina. Um, I thought, you know, you saw his ability to share the ball. Um, he had a couple of passes that just left you with your mouth wide open. And you're like, this guy looks the part of, as you mentioned, Kendall Marshall. Ed Code, I believe that comparison uh, came from somebody on the staff, I think. Although – it could have come from the guys uh, that were uh, broadcasting the other night. Who do a tremendous job as well, uh, Matt Krause, and I'm forgetting who the other the other guy was uh, that was on the call, but he did a he, he did a tremendous job as well. But uh, I, I mean, I, I just everything that I wanted to see from him was there. Uh, and and the thing to me that also stood out the most there was never a point watching him where you said to yourself. This kid just doesn't have it defensively. Yeah, he's got all the tools offensively. But, man, we got to worry about him on the defensive end of the floor. I never felt that. I never watched it and said, gosh, this kid, just it's not there for him. So he's already showing that he is a complete enough player where he's going to be on the floor. He's going to play a lot. And I'm going to tell you, after the other night, I don't think there is any way this dude does not start in the season opener. Like I I know RJ does not want to play off the ball, or at least that's the rumor that we heard during last season. I, if you're Hubert Davis, you got to sit down and tell him if that's the case, I don't give a damn. Did you see the kid that is coming in? Have you seen how good he is in practice and in these scrimmages that we've had, Uh, he's playing, he's going to be the one that starts that that was, uh, I mean, that was my biggest takeaway from the other night.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's still way too early to get into a starting five. Um, I, I would probably still lean on the side where he doesn't start. Do I think he's in the closing lineup? Yes, and that's ultimately what, what matters, just because his ability to create offense and make the game easier for everybody around him, it's going to be too hard to leave him um, off the court. And then I, I, you mentioned the defense. It was just the activity, and I thought it was across the board. Carolina was just more – they were just more engaged the other night um and given the the lack of people in the building you could you could hear the communication that was taking place on on the court dur- during the scrimmage something that Carolina struggled with time and time again a year ago we're going to touch on Zaden high uh, but I do want to move uh to the transfers just because I mean Carolina brought in a handful of them and there's a lot of them to be excited about you know they they the they the broadcast referenced just the athleticism that Jalen withers uh has, and that's good because the jump shot still isn't there, so he's gonna make his his impact on this on this team with his athleticism um the guy that I think we were all most excited to see was Harrison Ingram just because he's probably the most gifted transfer that Carolina brought in, a former McDonald's All-American, a guy that I think we've all said in in this system uh, where he's going to be surrounded by better coaching and better talent, he's going to flourish. But the guy to me that made the biggest impact, left the biggest impression, and this probably shouldn't have been a surprise because he's been playing basketball since the game was invented, was Cormac Ryan. Just a guy that I mean, if if you would have told me, like, if you were to sit down an eight year old and and then tell them this is this is Carolina basketball, you wouldn't think this would be a guy that's been with the program for four months. Like he he looked like as if he's been with Carolina for his entire career, which is, says a lot about him because. Unselfishness was on display, made a lot of extra passes, competed defensively. You know, I don't believe he made a three-pointer. If he did, it was just one. But he took the right perimeter shots, the type of shots that, you know, and, and as the season actually gets underway and he gets into a rhythm, those shots are going to fall down. And, and to me, he just looked like the type of guy and, and really – Backed up while Hubert Davis said in the summer, you know he's he was the most impactful transfer that Carolina brought in from your perspective what what transfer had the biggest impact, and which one left you a little bit more excited after seeing for the first time in carolina blue well i mean it's it, it's gonna shock
0: people i'm gonna agree with you um cormac ryan was was to me the best transfer out there on the floor the other night Um, and and it makes sense. He's the most veteran guy. Um, And I I mean, it felt like he could kind of fit what Carolina was really needing him to be thing was, you know, his shot wasn't dropping nearly at the rate that I think people are are hoping it will during the regular season. But at the same time, I mean, there's a lot to like about him. You saw how complete of an offensive game he's going to bring to the table. Um, so not only is he a guy that can shoot it from the outside, but you saw his ability to take people off the bounce, to drive the lane. And I, I, I really liked what I saw from him. Um, you know, I also was really encouraged with what I saw from Harrison Ingram. Um, and, and you can see why he's a guy that can play, a, um, just a, a range of different positions. And I think is going to have a big effect for Carolina, um, on both ends of the floor, uh, I really like his upside. I think, yeah, the pressure will be off of him, and that's the other thing that you have to remember. Basically, in this game, all these guys are starters, so they have to they have to play starting type roles. When when they get in season, their roles will be a little bit different, so it will allow them to really sh- showcase certain elements of their game because they're going to be on the floor with different guys than they were on the floor with the other night. So I-, I really do think what you saw from him is going to fit in really, really well for Carolina. And then I'm going to tell you, you know, the, the the one that I don't think enough people are probably talking about is James Okonkwo. I thought he played really, really well. Um, being a guy that when – I saw him play a little bit. I watched a little bit of him playing in the FIBA World Championships that were played in in the summertime. I watched him. I thought there were some good things for him, but I still thought, man, this dude is pretty raw. I thought the other night battled really hard on the glass I thought he, you know, did a really good job of holding his own against guys that are clearly more talented than him. I think uh down low because I thought all the big guys had a really good night. Um and, and I think you saw something there offensively. So to me, you know, he's a guy that I don't think we expected he would m- have that much of an impact this year and maybe he won't. But I think that there is reason to be encouraged that if Carolina was to need him at some point, they would be able to use him. For me, Withers, the shot wasn't there for him. Um, I'm not going to say I was disappointed, but, I mean, he he wasn't great. And then Wojcik, I, I mean, he's supposed to be the guy that's going to shoot the lights out. And I just, to me, I did not see that from him the other night.
1: I'm hoping it's going to be there once they get into the season, but we'll kind of have to wait and see I'm really good that this game didn't count and they got a lot of time to uh to improve because you're you're tearing me down over here as a guy that's got some quiet optimism. I, I thought when you look at uh with Wojcik, the shots didn't fall, but I don't think he took a shot that I didn't like. And I don't think big, so either. I'm all I'm saying That exact- was the biggest problem this team had a year ago was that They, frankly, just took stupid shots. And that's why they put up one of the worst shooting percentages from the perimeter we've ever seen. And if you want a little bit more insight on that, I heard there's a great article on HeelToughBlog.com about the way Coach Davis is emphasizing better shot selection. That is a um, good article. You know, for his team. And look, there, there were only a handful of guys that were given the green light. And that was R.J. Davis, Paxton Wojcik, and Cormac Ryan, because they took they took the right kind of shots. When you look at the when you look at Withers and the shot not being there. I think the biggest thing you got to look at is, is 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 did it look good coming out of his hands. It looked it looked good. Like there wasn't a mechanical issue. It wasn't like whenever Leaky Black um was trying to shoot a basketball. Like Leaky Black's shot form was like me trying to be an artist. It just wasn't going to happen. It, it wasn't in his DNA to be a good shot maker. Um, and look, we we said all along. We know that Withers is a shooting percentage coming out of uh, Louisville, not great. But we also said the talent around him not great. We imagine that uh, at at Carolina with with more talent, better floor spacing around him, the shots that he will take will be more efficient, therefore leading to uh, a, a better percentage. When you look at um, Oconquo, um yeah. I'm going to reference an article or or a take that Josh Graham had back over the summer. And this will be brought up when I interview him later in in the preseason to get him to get ready for the year. Uh -uh. When Carolina brought him in, he basically said that Hubert Dave was his recruiting guys that aren't going to play. Um, I don't know how many minutes he's going to play, but you look at the front court, he's going to have to play just because Carolina is so thin. Like you've got Armando, you've got you've got Jalen Washington, who I still think is, is it, w- it would be probably your first big guy off the bench, but he's still building his body to be ready to play a a higher minutes load than what he played last year. I coming mean, off the injuries, I thought he uh, played
0: great the other night. I, yeah, I don't know he, about you, I thought it, I, for the majority of the time he was out there. The way he defended Armando at times, I thought he looked really
1: good. Oh, yeah, no, I, I thought he looked really good. But we also saw, you know, last year where it would be good for spurts, but he couldn't be able to sustain it. I I, I think Okonkwo is going to have a role where it might be four-minute spurts, six minutes at the most, but he's going to be a guy that comes in to rebound and and play defense at a really high level. Just because, and we're going to talk about Zaden Hyde in just a minute, Zaden Hyde looked phenomenal the other night. And his energy and his effort will probably carve him out a role on the team. But he's also a freshman. And so it's going to be hard to expect him every night to go out there and contribute at at, at that type of level. And so I think Carolina brought in the right type of transfers where you've got High-quality, impactful guys and in Ingram, Ryan, Wojcik. And then you've got a guy in Withers whose athletic ability will allow him to be a difference maker. And then another guy in Okonkwo, a guy that is is just too – the motor is too high for him to not make plays, to not have at least a consistent role um, this year on the team. And look, I know – the one thing we have lamented about Coach Davis and his going into his third year as Carolina's head coach is the rotation that he has created or the lack thereof. And he's kind of defended it saying, look, I don't create the rotation the players do the way that they play in practice and they play in the games. But I also say that even though there might be some depth issues that exist maybe in the backcourt and in certain areas in the frontcourt, this is the best, the deepest roster he's had. And it's hard to imagine him not having a rotation consisting of eight to nine guys once we get into conference play.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with that 100%. And I will say this, if you're going off of, well, he's not going to use the rotation, you go back to what you just said right there. When you watch this team in some of these type of events the last couple of years, even even in that that twenty two season, the twenty one twenty two season before they made the run, did you sit there and say to yourself, like, did you leave those game th- those scrimmages saying, "Wow, I'm wowed by all of these different things"? Like uh, the other night, it was really hard for me to find something that I was like, man, I'm severely disappointed. There were areas where I was like, okay, I was expecting a little bit more, but it wasn't, oh, I'm watching these guys and I'm not seeing effort. Like I saw a team, that that was the most competitive scrimmage we've seen in a long time from this team As as the public. There may have been other ones behind the scenes, but as the public, I don't think, it's been a while since I've seen a scrimmage that was that competitive. That's why I leave feeling like you do i think there is a pretty good depth on this team you said that things are a little bit thinner up front i i still like to me i think the depth is there across the board for this team it's just the number of bodies is what was i think what what, what was very evident the other night when it without seth trimble you were you, you. had eight guys that were le- a legitimate part of the rotation. And, yeah, all, all eight of those guys, and then when Seth Trimble comes back, nine, they're legitimate, and you feel like, okay, they can make big impacts. But the thing is is that if you if you suffer an injury or two, things are going to get really thin really quick because that's when you're going to see – you know, some of the guys that started the other night having to come in and play big roles for you, and, or not big roles, but having to play in significant spots if enough things were to go
1: wrong. Yeah, uh, and and so I think that it's – you can tell that um, – what what he did this off when skipping the NIT and everything was the right decision because the roster needed to be overhauled and he 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 just he had he had to go get more bodies and if he would have played the NIT with the way the portal works it would have been a lot harder to get the type of bodies that Carolina got in here um and it's why I feel a lot more confident about where this team is today as opposed to when they missed out on the tournament when we look back you know at selection Sunday, because this is the first roster I look at it and say, this this fits the mold of the way he wants to play. Um, and we're going to find out if, if the changes that he's making to Carolina basketball are going to be for better or for worse. Um, I like to think they're going to be for better just because it's the way the game's being played. And if you get the right type of talent and the right type of buy-in, I think that Carolina will get the type of results we expect here on a year-in, year-out basis. Right, we've been been talking a lot about Zayden High. Let's get to him now. I mean, you're talking about a guy that, you know, recorded, I believe, I think he finished with eight points. He had seven rebounds, had a couple steals. the The effort and the energy was the thing that stood out to me, you know, right out of the gate there was just there was a different effort and a different energy from him then frankly what you've seen from some of the last the, the last uh the last couple of freshmen that have come in and probably knew when they uh, upon arrival i'm not gonna have that big of a role and i think that was the expectation upon Satan uh, as high getting in here was a guy that would probably play some in the non-conference portion of the year. Um, but as Carolina got into ACC play, you'd probably see his minutes kind of be taken away. And all that could still be true as the season actually you know, gets underway and moves along. But if he does the little things that he did the other night – it's gonna be hard to, to to for him to not have a role because I thought his rebounding and his ability to to get position was fantastic his ability to fight for offensive rebounds in a legal manner um what was something you don't typically see out of an eighteen year old and it was just the relentlessness on both ends of the court um, as you talked about the you know the competitive spirit was as high as maybe we've seen in the last handful of years. And I think it was something that, yeah, R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott, you know those two guys are going to compete because they've they've been around the longest and they they want to get back to a Final Four and win a national championship. But the same goes for the freshmen, uh, starting with Elliot Cadet with the way that he competed on both ends of the court, and then Zayden High, uh, as well, and so I look at Zaden High a guy as much as any freshman in the last three to five years as a guy that in this in this event in this setting has blown away my expectation for him upon the season actually getting underway.
0: yeah, I mean, I definitely thought from watching him at the high school level, i thought okay it's it's gonna take him a little bit of time to become even a consistent part of the rotation. And I mean, the other night, like that, that was, I mean, there were times he was the best player on the floor. Like I thought that him and Cadell, you could make the argument when the game was over that those were the two best players on the floor on Friday night. And that is really saying something. Um, the energy was just there. The physicality that he played with—you saw the athleticism. But yeah, the the—I mean—the motor is the thing that to me was just amazing. I mean, y- you get a ball stolen from you. I don't remember if it was him that had it stolen from him, but I know he was behind the play. Elliot Caddo steals a ball. He steals it right back from Elliot Cadot and finishes. Like you—you just—you are not—you uh, were not expecting that from him. At all. Um, and honestly, I told you this when we were talking about him. The When I talked to you yesterday, when we were talking about the scrimmage, uh, I honestly have questions about how he was being used at Arizona Compass Prep. Now, I know that he had an injury, and maybe that was part of it. But, I mean, geez, dude, this, this guy could have been your best player and the games that i watched he barely played it made no sense and so i think that really altered what my expectations were for him probably unfairly and now i mean i look i'm not saying that based off of that you should say okay this dude is going to come out this dude is going to be a huge part of what carolina does He may even be the guy that starts alongside Armando. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. But what you saw the other night is you saw the tools that you need to see along with the competitive fire to be able to make an impact this year. And I'm going to tell you, he would be one of those guys moving forward that I would keep an eye on. Brandon Marks said it uh, during the game the other night. I believe it was him, or maybe it was somebody else, but I'm pretty sure it was Marks, who said that he had been hearing from people within the program that High was the one that was surprising them the most. I would not be shocked if he gets out to a good start to the season, if he becomes a staple in the rotation for Carolina as they go into conference play, because all the tools are there for him. It's just is he going to be able to put it together that quickly and the other night that was a that that was a step towards saying yes he will be able to put it together that quickly and i think it's a reason to be pretty excited
1: like well, it goes back to what you know coach davis says like he doesn't make the rotation the players do and so you know i think if if he puts that type of effort, that type of production on the court, um, it'll be hard for him to not earn minutes. And that's the the biggest thing. You know, I know that the the way that some of the the, the, the freshmen and even the sophomores were, were were used last year, it was really frustrating, just given the way that they had, you know, we all thought DeMarco Dunn and Dontres Styles were gonna have big roles a year ago. That didn't really seem to to come to fruition. Uh, we all thought maybe Tyler Nickel was going to have a big role with his ability to space the floor and shoot the three ball. That didn't happen. Well, guys, as, as we can't always blame the coaches, and as much as we want to, as easy as it is, they they weren't doing the the requisite things to get them on the court and. You know, not not to take jabs at them individually, but look where those guys ended up. You know, DeMarco Dunn's at Penn State, Dontre Styles is at Georgetown, Tyler Nickel went back home to play at Virginia Tech. It's not like they went to be a part of, of teams that are ready to compete for Final Fours and National Championships could also be a situation where Carolina just misevaluated the talent and they didn't didn't live up to the standard that Coach Davis wants them to be as a basketball player on the court and a a college student off the court. And so I think that's why you've seen just a much more rigorous attack to the way they've brought in the certain transfers because there were a lot of transfers that I know us as fans wanted them to go get that they didn't get involved with. And I think you've seen an even more – a delicate approach to the, to the recruiting trail, making sure they're getting the right guys into the program, not just guys that got a four-star or a five-star by their name. And so, you know, as, as we kind of close this thing down, I thought the other night was a great was a great first step um, to what, what we're hoping is going to be a fun and exciting year. Because it's been really hard to put last year behind us um, because it was so disappointing. You had hopes and dreams of winning an ACC championship, winning an ACC tournament, getting back to a Final Four, winning a national title. And none of those things happened. You didn't come close to any of those. And I said this when I recapped the Media Day presser from a week ago. I, as a fan... I uh, have never lost as much sleep in an off season as I've lost this year, trying to do whatever I can do to 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 do to help this team get back to where we want to get them to. And it's stupid because there's really nothing I can do, but that's not the way that my mind, that's not the way my brain works. But the other night was a great first step to what we hope is going to be a long season. We hope this team plays deep into March and hopefully into that first weekend in April. A few closing notes uh, before we do get out of here. Um, this got mentioned in the broadcast. You know, we mentioned in the off season that Carolina had some scholarships that did not get filled. Um, Creighton Lebo is now on scholarship and is now wearing his father's number, uh, which is number 14. And I feel like because he is now a scholarship player and is wearing the number of a fan favorite, um, I could say this and not get attacked for it. It's also time to lose the headband because, um, yeah, we don't do that. And so if you're going to be a scholarship player, And if you're going to wear the number of your father, maybe take a note out of your father's book and look like your father and not wear a headband because Creighton, I love you, but you look ridiculous. And also Rob Landry, who's not on scholarship. He's also wearing his father's number which is 25. I think that's all really cool. It kind of ties back into the family aspect of the program where, you know, Carolina does bring in these legacy type of guys. They're usually walk-ons that eventually do become scholarship uh, players like Creighton Lebo has officially become. I mean, Rob Landry is a guy that I think we all uh, do enjoy watching him whenever he gets into the game. Um, And the last thing we'll touch on on a much more serious note, um, Carolina basketball and even Eric Montross—they've been very, I guess, private is the right word to say with his battle with cancer. We got an update on uh, from him the other night, where he, you know, he he thanked all of us for the thoughts and the prayers and the support that he's been shown over the last handful of months. Unfortunately the cancer will sideline him um from being the color, the color analyst for the Tar Heel Sports Network and he will not be alongside uh Jones Angel uh, for the upcoming basketball season and you know I think a lot of people and myself included probably wondered um you know who's going to fill that that role uh, and, look, and Carolina will figure out the right person to put beside Jones to help break down the action. The most important thing is that we continue to to pray for Eric Montross, and it's really just a reminder for um, we we all got people um, in, in our personal lives that um, are, are are battling cancer in their own right. And so, make sure you you pray for them and then do as much encouraging as as you can do for them because he he wasn't short to say that the the support he's been shown, the support he's been given, um, has made it a lot easier as he fights uh, his battle with cancer. And so, Eric, fella. Uh, big ritz as as you've become to known um with, with without we're throughout the carolina basketball community just want you to know the guys here at the four corners podcast we're thinking about you we're praying for you uh we can't wait to to hopefully hear you back on the microphone once you get done uh, kicking cancer's butt but uh with that that is going to wrap up this edition of the show before we let you go guys we do encourage you to visit the website as i referenced earlier it's heel tough where we're in the busy stretch the busy season for the blog with football well underway mac brown's got the heels six and zero for the first time since 97 they're ranked in the top 10 for the first time since 2021 we got you covered uh with game previews recaps stock reports the latest on the injuries Anything tar heel football related, we can you can find that at heeltublog.com. Same thing for basketball as we're starting to gear up for the preseason. We're still about three weeks away from the season opener, but we'll be getting you ready with previews, preview articles, uh, as we get closer and closer to the start. As for the podcast guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners podcast, and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, With that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels. Get any sweeter than that!